Welcome to Bill Roden on Sports. Taking you inside clubhouses, locker rooms, and boardrooms. Legendary sports columnist Bill Roden gets inside the heads and beneath the veneer of the men and women who play and own the games we love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another edition of Bill Roden on Sports. Glad to have everybody here, here with uh, the wonderful Jamal Murphy to mm. my right. Thank you. Wonderful. Jamal. <laughs> and Jamal, I'd like to thank you for having uh, really a spectacular guest, somebody who I've, I've just met her today, but I've been listening to her. Uh-oh. So, yeah, now since 2010, right? 20, That's 20, flattering. Yeah, no, no, see, and I'll tell you why. Anyway, my guest <laughs> is the wonderful Angela Yee. Angela Yee hey. is, a, is the host of the Breakfast Club here on Power 105.1, 105.1. Mm-hmm. And um, for Angela, hello. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Uh, this is really a pleasure. This is uh, this is this is very really cool. And the way I'm saying this, but so my daughter who just turned 25. So we took our every morning. Like this was her college. I said every morning we live in Harlem. Mm-hmm. So every morning. We address, this girl has never taken the bus to school yet. From the time she was in kindergarten Spoiled. through high school. Hello, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, lucky her. Yeah, the original princess. Actually, we even she went to Wellesley. And oh, we, she we, did. And she went to Wellesley. So we, excellent school. Angela went to Wellesley. No, I no, went to Wellesley. We're getting there. We're getting there. We, we're Everybody getting. always thinks I went to Wellesley when yeah. I say I went to Wellesley. They're like, yeah. that's a great school. All females. <laughs> oh no, you're thinking of Wellesley. <laughs> yeah, close, but, but I want to talk to you about Wellesley because you're an English major there. Mm-hmm. But I want to. I want to. We're going to get to all that. Was how does how does a, uh, an English major get to this point? I, I, but Journalism. You made, but you but you you made the right choice. Trust me. But it just shows how English can kind of get you. Because I was an English major. Ah, okay. Well, that makes major. sense. Yeah, but 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 well, but it it, it gets you. But anyway, let, let, before we do that, let me give you give you a props. So what I'm saying is, so we would take Raisa to school, and we go to the Central Park, and we always would either listen to the Breakfast Club or Wendy Williams. Mm-hmm. And it was always so funny because both really kept. It was it, it, we would always debate stuff, you know, because you know you guys would just come up with all kinds of just wild shit, you know, just <laughs> the people you interview, the questions you ask, which would be hard questions, but in a funny, in a funny kind of way. But there would be just just common sense discussions about stuff. So it was always very cool to listen, uh, listen to you. So uh, when when Jamal. Had the idea of why don't we have Angela on? I said, well, would she come on the show? I mean, really, would she do this? And you say, yeah. So it's really, it's really, it's, <laughs> he's it's the really, plug. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really, it's really great having you on. The I got to ask you, do you know how to run off on the plug? Run off on the plug? You know, I do. You know, the answer is no. That's an unfair question. What are you talking about? Do I know how to run off on the you plug? You know how to dab? Oh, dab, yeah. Now that because of Cam Newton. Right, because of Cam right. Newton. Like, that's good. That's good. That's good. No, that's why I hope I need, you can. I need that's to put why this on Snapchat. <laughs> we, we should. We should. I will. Get I will. This to another level. You have to teach him how to run up on the plug, but though. Tell me. Right. Tell me what you the teach plug him. is. I'm, I might. What's I might running be up on the plug? Oh, we got to show you some videos because that's what everybody's doing now. All the athletes are running up on the plug. That's like the new dance. Mm-hmm. But is there any way that you could create a sound picture of what that is? It's kind of like running, basically. You know what it means to run up on the plug. Jamal? Uh, not really. Jamal used to be from the street. I don't know what happened. 
<laughs> I have to keep it real right there. But wait, you know what I mean? But wait a minute, Angela. Let's talk about being on the street. Now, you were, you were born you were born in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. right? You were born in Brooklyn. Then your family, you moved to Jersey, right? You moved to um, South, uh, South, South Orange. So, I mean, that ain't exactly the hood, right? No, she's oh, from the no, hood, I'm though. Not... She's from the hood. She's huh? kind of from the hood. Well, but it's, but she's the from hood. East Flatbush. You should have seen her like ex-boyfriends. Oh, know? stop it. But you wait. mean my first boyfriend. Yeah, the, one, the first one. Yes. I think she had the crazy hood pictures with him. You know, he was like kneeling in the back. Well, first of all, I was very young and he lived around the corner from me. So this is what all I right, knew. I'm just saying. So exactly. <laughs> I've left that Because you, you were living in the hood. That's yeah. what I'm saying. All right. But let, let's, let's, let's start before we get, you know, let's just start. You've been, you know, what was fascinating to, to for me about your career, and, and I'm sure a lot of kids will come up to you now, young people come up to you and everybody wants to be Angela E. How did you get to where you are? And it's hard, right? It's, it's hard to give them a roadmap, but you've had a very fascinating roadmap about how you got here. So just give me the, the, the narrative. I might know it, but I would rather hear it from you, the narrative about how you got to this point being a, 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 tr- a tremendously popular, well, would you say you're beloved? Yeah, uh, I'd say that. Listen, would you say you're beloved? I would say... Sometimes from some people, <laughs> but you know, I'll give you the abridged version. I did go to, I went to Wesleyan. I was an English major. I wanted to be a writer, so do what you do. It's not over yet. Yeah, right. I still, I still do write. Right, and I have done some articles, and I still dibble and dabble. I want to get more serious about it, but I think I have to slow down the rest of my schedule because it does take a great deal of concentration and effort. It's, it's writing is hard. You have to really be in the mind frame. You can't force it sometimes right. but right. you know that was the idea I graduated from college I started working for Wu-Tang and I had interned there when I was in school You knew? did you know Ron Carter who's Ron Carter Ron Carter the bass player because I think his son didn't his son play in the Wu-Tang gang Miles Wu-Tang Carter Wu-Tang Clan Wu-Tang, <laughs> Wu-Tang Clan no, no yeah, okay. go on go that on. might be some that might be some other band <laughs> Wu-Tang gang <laughs> But yes, that was my first job. And I had a series of jobs after that, but I ended up, I was doing marketing. And I'll tell you this, English was a great thing for me to major in. I loved writing, I loved reading. But English is something that I feel like helps you no matter what it is you do in life. Because you know, even if I read a text message, if I read an email, no matter what it is, you know the first thing you look at is, how does this look? Does it sound well? Does it sound good? Is it everything spelled correctly? Is the grammar proper? And you know, if you see something and there's something misspelled or the grammar's all off, you're like, I don't take this seriously. Mm -hmm. And so I think people do need to to take writing. Even even in in this generation, it's, you know, people will just send texts. Right. With, and everything's abbreviated. Right, right. You know, it's like LMK. You know what that means? What does LMK? Let what, me know. What is XOXO? What is that? It's like love. Love. I don't know why who that said means. It, who sent you XOXO stuff? Yeah, who wrote XOXO? Oh, okay. oh that's, you answer. don't know what she was writing. <laughs> don't even. Don't even why didn't you ask her? <laughs> don't try to sell me the pumpkin, brother. I brought it to town. <laughs> <laughs> Quick with it. <laughs> uh, but I do feel like nowadays people don't write things out anymore. Everything's right. abbreviated. And right. I'll tell you this. When people send me emails, in order for me to really take you seriously, mm. it has to be written well. I right. have to mm. see that everything is spelled correctly. Your grammar is on point. Right. It has to be in order for me to even look at it and say, okay, this person is serious. So what percentage of the uh, industry you take seriously? <laughs> right. Very low. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you probably, it's probably, probably frightening though. I mean, some very bright people mm-hmm. can't write. 
No, that is true. But I do feel like if you're sending someone an email and you don't know them and you're trying to put a proposal through, get somebody to look it over for you. Right, right, There's right. And by the way, you cannot put something out that's spelled wrong or with improper grammar because the computer will fix it for right, you now. Right, right, so right. there's really no reason for right. you to do that. But if it's something that you are taking, like when you were applying to colleges, mm. when you are doing your resume, you're not going to send something in that no one else looked at. So if it's something that you're saying, oh, I want to really work for you, I want to intern for you. If I can't trust you to send out an email that's spelled properly saying you want to work for me, I can't trust you to work for me. Right. That's right, that's right. You know, now the new thing, I just sent Jamal, and I apologize for, because I the, the reason I like the uh, the new uh, the iPhone, I, 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 I um, dictate. dictate a lot. Oh, right, right. Because, because really, I think, although I, I'm a writer, I think it, I, it, it's easier for me to talk out the ideas. That's great. I never use that. Oh, man, because let me tell you, in the car, anyway, because a lot of times my mind is working much faster than my ability to write. That's excellent. I should do that. So I'll do this, and so I'll start writing. Then what I'll start doing is dictating and dictating, dictating. Then when I get back to where I am, I'll listen to it and start writing, and then it assumes a whole other level. The problem, however, is when you dictate, some of the stuff it doesn't not, come out right, right. so if you just send right. it yeah, I'm like yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's man. not what I said <laughs> yeah. like sometimes I write let's go out and the auto type would be like let's hoe out yeah that's not, <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a good look that's not a good look that's not even that's right. not, that's <laughs> not, <laughs> not yes girl let's <laughs> that's not even your reputation you know what I mean uh, let me, let me, let me, so you were giving the narrative so the narrative is that um, you, you uh, now let me ask you a question uh, how did you how did you choose to go to Wesley I mean did you have other choices other things that you were going to at first, I thought about going to Syracuse. Mm-hmm. The only thing that stopped me from going to Syracuse, and I really was planning to go there, like my one of my best friends, Jamil, she went to Syracuse, and we both were like, we're going to be roommates. We had everything planned out. At the last minute, I changed my mind and went mm-hmm. to Wesleyan. But it, my brother's best friend at the time was going there. It's a small liberal arts college. Syracuse was freezing when I went to visit. It was right. snowing. I was like, I don't know if I could take this. Right. And it's a huge school, so you have to get on a yeah. bus to go to class <laughs> in the snow. It seems discouraging. Right. So I was like, I'm better off at this very small, very safe, very, you know, uh, there was no core curriculum, so I was able to take a lot of the courses that I wanted to take. And for English, I think it was a great school for me to attend. But what did you, did you um, focus, did you focus on literature? I mean, what, in those four years, what did you think that you were going to do? Did you study more in, uh, on, on uh, the classics? I mean, I was, an Amer- I was an English major. But you know, um, I didn't really like choose Victorian literature or something like that. I mean, what did you? Would you? I took everything. I took like music classes, music of the Caribbean. I took playwriting. I took screenwriting. I took mm. Shakespeare. Mm. I took a lot of d- anything that had to do with English. I love Shakespeare. Mm. You know, mm. I could read those books all day, and I, I love the language. How you can adjust to the language and learn how to speak in a different type of way. You mm. know. Did you think you'd be doing this? No. Well, you know what's interesting? When I was in college, my best friend. Uh, Santi, she was like, let's take this course and learn how to do radio and have our own radio show. I think we went once. <laughs> <laughs> right, really? And that was her idea, and who would have thought it? But I started doing marketing, and I was doing marketing for different clothing lines, and I was marketing for M&M's clothing line when it first came out. And then when he started the radio station, I asked about a marketing position at Sirius, and his manager, Paul Rosenberg, was like, why don't you just, you know, get on the morning show, be the female, we need a female co-host, and it's really just an audition. I can't guarantee you the job, it's uh-huh. up to them. To, he's like, I'm not the one paying you, it'll be serious. If they decide to keep you, great. If not, it's not really up to me. So I auditioned, and I ended up getting a job. Ah. Thank you. Very good. And really, it's funny, because I always tell people that you're doing 
like you you know you never you haven't changed at all and you're really doing what you always did like you were always a, you know like a socialite very social knew everybody hey now so you're doing you're basically <laughs> getting paid to do what you've always done yeah I just and Jamal and I have been friends we went to high school the same high school we've been friends since I was probably like what 14 15 mm-hmm. years old mm-hmm. so, so we've known to each other up with, with some chick that's not true. He used to date my one of my really great friends when I was younger. And how'd that end? He dogged her out. Nah, nah. I think she might have dogged me out. No, she mm. dogged you out. Well, but, that, that, that would be our next show. <laughs> but Jamal was like always like my brother, my family. Like I would go to his house all the mm. time and hang out and everything. So it's nice to see all of, all of it come full circle. Like recently, I had a birthday party and I did it at Terminal Twenty Three, mm. which it was it was a basketball party. So it was really fun because there's a basketball court there. It's Jordan's thing. Yeah, it's a Jordan thing. It's right by the garden. So I had a basketball game, and I thought it would be fun. Minute. Why wasn't I invited? Uh, Jamal probably didn't tell you. Yeah, yeah my bad. bad. Yeah, he's really. <laughs> now, now, you know. But you know what? Swing Cash was the coach for my team. Oh, nice. nice yeah, nice, she did nice. a great job. Nice. She's a great person. Yeah, I, I absolutely love her. And um, we had Sean Pecos. He was with us, and he works at uh, Rock Nation Sports. He was okay. my other um, coach as well. So it was a fun time. We had a great time. And when Very you, fun. I, I, I promise, I. I, I I told myself, don't ask you, but when's your birthday? It was January 3rd. Oh, oh that's cool. You're a Capricorn. Hey, now. Oh, okay. All right. That's good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's only one or two birthdays. This old guy, why ever ask this? <laughs> <laughs> but so, you know, but I, I guess I'm fascinated by, you know, by what you do and how you got. I'm more fascinated, I guess, by not only the excellence with which you do things, but the route. Because that, to be honest with you, that sort of is the most frustrating thing. I've been at the New York Times. Now, this month is my 34th year of being at the New York Times. And before that, I was a, I was a jazz critic at the Baltimore Sun. I worked at Ebony Magazine mm-hmm. uh, and all that. And, you know, you tr- kind of trace your life. And so now, it's really, to me, it's all about the relay race. It's, mm-hmm. I've run a good leg, now it's about handing off. Right. You know, I, I, I think I've run a good anchor leg, but now you got to hand the baton off right. for the next person to run their anchor leg, the younger person run their anchor leg. And, and what's frustrating to me, I see the industry shrinking in a way but I also see it opening but it's frustrating to me particularly like at the Times for example I'm the only black sports writer wow. on the staff and as this industry becomes more lucrative you know when 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 things are are lush everybody's in a good mood all the liberals are being liberal and everything but when stuff starts to get you know contract mm-hmm. and this, now all of a sudden you know people aren't so giving in terms of the internships you know, people close rank so I'm like in an industry that's not necessarily hiring our people. I mean, right. I, I mean, you know, African P, African American people. How do we hand that? How do we help people to get in this industry? So when people, and yeah, and that's yeah. which is great that you have Jamal on here. Yeah. Oh, you know, because I know this was a huge deal and he was really excited when. Right. He, right. Are you embarrassed that I just said that? No. Oh yeah. No, trust me. His mother, his, me and his father have been friends for. Me, me oh, and his dad okay. was, no, right. no, 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 no. Clyde Murphy is a legend. Yeah. No, Clyde Murphy is a legend, and his mom, and his mom, and she ever told she was like telling me for a long time. Bill, listen, can you get, can you help your Jamal? I'm like, who's this Jamal kid? You know? <laughs> you know, but she was like, I was, right, your right. mom was like, you're, you're a huge advocate. We'd be right. over Ron and Marilyn's house. Right. And it'd be like, yeah, Bill, listen, Jamal, 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 Jamal. Uh-huh. And I forgot how we, remember we were supposed to link up and right. then we didn't. Right. And then we did, you know, so. But that's why it's so important to take people under your wing. Like, I love how LeBron put his people on. Yes. You know, and I know right. it's been difficult right. for them because at first, for them being in that business, people really look down on it. Like, right. okay, LeBron, those are just his friends. They don't know what they're doing. Right. People really hate on you. Even yep. Jay-Z going and starting Rock Nation Sports. Yep. People had an issue with that. 
that and he was very vocal about the issues that people had but I think it's important for us to use our own people to represent us yeah. and to put our people on if you're in a position like I know at work now the reason why interns are, uh, sometimes it's more difficult is because now there's a lot more lawsuits interns are saying okay you gotta pay them and not even just that but for this internship you sent me to get breakfast and that is not part of the job you know it's just all kinds of things have been happening yeah like for anything that's not they can sue for anything nowadays it feels like and I'm not gonna lie like it's hard for me to find interns who I feel like really work hard it's a double Mm. it's both sides of it because Mm. I feel like sometimes kids nowadays are a lot more uh, take things for granted. Yeah. I know when I was an intern, it was whatever. I was working from nine in the morning till eight o'clock at night. It, they don't do that anymore, <laughs> you know. And I mean, now there's there's what is it nine, all to, kinds nine of, to five? I'm out. Do you feel you were abused as an intern? No, I feel like I learned a lot. I actually am glad I did that at an early age. Like even now. When I do my show prep in the morning, I do all of that myself. I don't have an intern do it for me. And that's why I know a lot more. Like, we can sit here and talk about certain things, and people might be like, well, what does Angela know about sports? But I randomly know things because I really read everything. Right, 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 right. Would that be advice? Uh, Well, well, first of all, I want to hold that point. But what are the internships you did? What, What were some of your internships? I interned at a label called TVT Records. Mm-hmm. Um, I interned at Wu-Tang Management. I interned at MTV. And then, yeah, that was my three how, internships. How did, you, how did you get them? I mean, um, Well, we had an alumni program at my college. Okay. So if you wanted to get in whatever field, that's why it's important to use the Career Resource Center. I went there and I said, okay, let me see what jobs are available. This looks interesting. This looks interesting. And I tell you, the first internship I did, they told me there was like six interns they picked from Wesleyan. At the end of it, I was the only one left. Wow. Because I was the one person that was coming in every day and going above and beyond. Right. And some people right. are like, I'm That's not right. getting paid. I'm not doing this. That's right. But early on in your career, it's not about making money. It's about getting experience and getting connections. That's right. So when I got out of college, it was like, okay, where should I work? Because I had a lot of different options. to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it taking you inside the games we love this is bill Roden on sports you know it's interesting too you know i run this i run this sports and recreation program at my church and, you know, I bring in different people. In fact, Angela, I'd like you to come. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, and these kids are like 7 to 14, and we'll bring in a friend of mine as a scout for the for the Brooklyn Nets. And mm-hmm. I just bring in different, you know, um, uh, Dr. Bo- you know, Sidney, right. who's a plastic surgeon. And just bring these people in. But the common thread, you tell these kids, you know, 99% of this stuff is stamina. Right. right. Coming there. Like, I'll pay attention, like, when it's snowing. That's the thing. I'm just curious. Who, who shows call, up, right? Who's going to show up? That's very true. They who's say hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard, right? That's right. right. And, and a lot of times, talent, you could, particularly what they do, a lot of kids, and I see it in sports a lot. I see it in sports a lot. In fact, I just ran, I just wrote this column about this kid, a very good friend of mine. Uh, her, her son is this kid. Uh, from no, Alabama. From Alabama. His, right. his name was uh, Alti Tenpenny. Mm-hmm. And my friend, you know, uh, she, we've been friends for like 30-something years. She kept telling me, well, keep on, you know, watch out for Alti Tenpenny. If I had a nickel, I'll watch out. I'll watch out. I'll watch out. You better watch out. <laughs> you know. But, but sure enough, I'm out the corner of my eye, and the next thing I know, 
this kid is like a sophomore kid and like it's the big deal. He's like number three mm-hmm. in the nation, blah, blah, blah. But that's when it starts because you get right. seduced. Right. You get seduced. And it probably and you've probably seen it in another way in terms of maybe music. But you could be this young person and have all this talent and people will suddenly descend on you because you represent some money. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, or you have success and then you feel like you've made it, but really that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. Like like you know, like draft day. Mm-hmm. You see all these kids in draft day huh. and they're thinking that that's exactly like that. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I've been to the mountain tires. <laughs> you know, as a brother, you know, and you get that first check and you right. say, Now this is where it starts. Will you still when you get that check? Will you get that check? Will you be just as hungry? Can I? And, and I don't, you know, like, we, we would talk about some of the kids, like some of the Knicks and some mm-hmm. players that, you know, you get this check mm-hmm. and you don't understand, the brother, you're a target now. You're a target. Are you going to start working hard? I mean, it's a whole nother, it's, it's just a completely... And you have to think how responsible are they in the NBA, NFL for making sure that they do seminars and making sure that they educate because a lot of these kids have never had that type of money in their life. There's a lot of people around them, like you said, that are descending on them. So who's there to guide them too? And people have to be held responsible for that also. We were were talking about that too. I mean, they do that for, you know, basketball. The NBA does that in terms of dealing with women and how but to But don't they do avoid. that just when you first get in? Yeah, no, yeah. they do it right. When you first get in, once right. you're drafted. Right, and then that's all, it. Then that's it. Then that's it. But <laughs> you're we're, but you're we're, on your own. But we were talking about that in terms of even, you know, more so football, um, even boxing. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of, you know, the domestic abuse issues. And there's nothing like that, you know, f- for that type of abuse. And you were saying that you thought that might be necessary. Well, yeah, I think it is necessary to have people in therapy at all times. You know, just psychologically what's going on. Just keep people comfortable, educated on what it is, you know. And not even, I think, just the actual players, but maybe even if they have a wife, a family. Just right. take care of that. The whole support system. Right, a in. whole support yeah, you know, system. But you, but you know, you know, I've I, I done a couple of things about mental health. You know how we are, Archimy, with mental health. Mm-hmm. We see that, and, and again, I'm probably talking for me too, we see, no, I mean, we see that as a weakness, as opposed to like we're going to do it ourselves. We see sometimes therapy as a weakness. You mean as, as a, a people? As, as a people. Right. If, but if there's any people who need therapy, <laughs> it's us. If right. You, if you think about our history right, and what we've been the through. constant nine to five, I mean, every single minute of the day, constant stuff coming at you. You're nothing, you're lower, you're this, you're that, your skin, your blood. I mean, it's a constant thing of keeping us thinking poorly about it. if any people needed therapy is us but we tend to you know you look at Ron Artel you think a lot of time, we tend to say well I'll, we'll do it ourselves we'll kind of gut it that's out. why I should make it mandatory you know I, I think but make then, it mandatory and then have some people really that you know can appreciate it and that want to be vocal about it and that support it come forward and make it seem like it's because really all you do is plant it and it changes people's perceptions right that's true but, but may I say this as one, now we argue for our limitations. So I mm. argue for my, you know. I mean, I always think, well, who the hell am I going? Who's going to be my therapist? <laughs> like, who the fuck are you? I mean, <laughs> take it. Number one, it's a white person, right? But no, no, <laughs> no, no. But I'm going to be past getting used to this, you know. Right. But I'm like thinking, number one, I'm going to spill my guts out to you, right? You know. But so, so my first thing again, I know this is mm-hmm. an excuse, but it's kind of like, well, who? If I was talking to my wife about this, who's, who's more open, and my daughter more open to this, but they said even you, you deal with some black women, I mean, people have issues. Right, right. Yeah, we, we have issues, right. and so, you know, I'm thinking, well, okay, so I'm gonna do therapy, now who am I talking to? Yeah, who, but, you know? but it's more about you than who you're, who you're talking to. It's uh, You have someone to, 
you know, to express your feelings and talk to and trust me, you know, it, it could, helps. It I think help everybody a needs people. a therapist. Listen, you can't save everybody, but it could really affect certain people. Right. You know, at the end of the day, some people are just going to do whatever they're going to do regardless, but... Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, so if anybody's out there, <laughs> send me, Cindy, I'll give you my handle. It's at WC Rowe. <laughs> Are you going to be people's therapist? No, 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 oh, no, okay. no. I'm looking for one. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> but I no. mean, did you see the movie Concussion at all? Did you guys go watch that movie? or No, no. I've, I've kind of lived through it. it. What do you think? Oh, I didn't see it yet. I haven't no, seen it. Actually, you know who we're going to have on the show? We're going to have the, the, the brother who's a doctor. Right. Who... Um, you the know, guy who it's based on. Yeah, the guy we're going to have oh, him on Oh, you are? Show. Yeah, he's going to be on our show. Oh, that's going to be because incredible. He actually, my book agent, in fact, I meant to bring you, I will, a cop, I'll, I'll bring you a copy of the book. Uh, now, I warn you, it's going to be a paperback. That's fine. Okay. I'm no, into that. Not to, not to everybody. Let me ask you a question. Um, I know we're jumping around here. Before mm-hmm. I forget, you, when we were coming to the studio, you were talking about the, the Knicks players. Mm-hmm. A couple pro players right. who had gotten robbed and we've got the NBA All-Star game. We're talking about Derek Williams, yeah, right? Three Derek Williams, right? Williams and Anthony Anthony early. early. Like, pretty mm-hmm. much back to back. Yeah, what, what's your take, what's your take uh, on, on that just as somebody who, again, you're, 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 you're into, you're, you're into you're, I think you're into the sociology of sports. You understand what happened to Clay Anthony early or what could have happened to a rapper. Right, it does happen to rappers yeah, all probably, the time. Probably a lot, right? You know, he was at, I think it was Cityscapes. He was mm, at the club Queens. in Queens, right? Uh-huh. And he went outside to get in an Uber with his girl, and they two cars came out, surrounded him, robbed him. They even took the gold caps out of his mouth. Very, very disrespectful. Like, wow. Yeah, that seems yeah. like a very person. They shot him in the knee, right? Yeah. Right, like, yeah. And we're going to end your career. Yeah, that might, might have been personal. It might, it might have been someone it who knew like him. It, Yeah, and you know, people are watching you, and then with Derek Williams, I think it was like two girls. He brought him back after he went to the club, <laughs> up and down. He brought him back to his apartment, two. which, by the way, uh, you don't do that. Right. And they oh, robbed him for $750,000. Or if you do that, you don't have a safe? You don't put your stuff in a, in a safe? He had a Louis Vuitton bag, I think, with stuff in it. Come I mean, on, man. Two. Yeah, but again, he's playing well, by the way, Derrick Williams. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to Derek. He's got to make that money back. <laughs> he ever, since that. The, ever since he's, had, he's been on fire. He's been off, he's been focused. Yeah, good. Now, who was he? Tell, tell me, uh, who was he playing for? The Knicks. You know what I'm saying? You don't watch the Knicks anymore, man. Come on, man. Is that a stab at the Knicks? No, I mean he's he's coming off the bench. You know, he plays about ten minutes. No, to be honest with you, man, I'm just now with I'm just now beginning to get focused on Mm -hmm. basketball. I've been dealing with the NFL. Right, they're just on my radar screen. But but, you know, by the time we get up now, they've already fired. They fired the Knicks. The Nets just fired my friend. The Nets are a wrap. Damn, Lionel Hollins. Kind of not a good that? friend of yours. <laughs> <laughs> Lionel Hollins. They, no, your friend, uh, Billy King is your friend and too. Billy King. Well, Billy not King. really, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't know how you are, this, but Angela. I mean, I, it's I my associate. Talk, yeah, right. we have business friends. Right, words, business. We friends. have a good business. I told, I told, you know what? It's like I, I told the guys. It's like being in the zoo. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to the zoo, and you and you. And wow. where's, where's this going? I <laughs> no, I'll show you. I'll show you. It's gonna get there quick, really soon. No, you go to the zoo, and you got all these marvelous animals. You got the panther, and you got the cheetah, and the lion. but there are reasons fucking bars are there, right. right? And you go and you go behind those bars at your peril, mm. you know. So I say, so that's at your peril. Yeah, yeah. So that's my relation there. Listen, but. You don't come by in this bar. I don't go, you know, because right. we know it lines to cross. We are good the way we are. Well, this is good. I've, I have I have conversations with friends. Stan Wilcox, who's right. a, who's the athletic director, of Florida State. Mm-hmm. We've been friends for a long time, but we'll be talking, and it, he'll stop it <laughs> and he'll say, "Listen, man, I only want to see this shit in the paper." Right, right off the right, record. Right. But can right. they say off the record? 
Well, but we every we all know there's no such thing as off the record. Right. In other words, I tell people before you say it or do it, imagine would you mind seeing this as headlines <laughs> across the paper? <laughs> if the answer to that is no, then say it. But if you stop. Yeah, yeah, those, those are like people movies. tell me the craziest stuff sometimes, and I'm like, do they want me to report this? Right. Is that why they tell me that? Yeah, you do, but they trust you. Right? Yeah, they trust right. me. I don't do that. What's the craziest thing? Maybe you don't have to tell who, but what's the craziest stuff that somebody's told you that has not been reported? Now, you don't have to tell me who. All, you know what? A lot of it has to do with. I'm thinking of something right now. This one girl I know, her um, best friend was actually dating an NBA player, mm-hmm. and she was like, we were out one night, we were drunk, and mind you, this is her best friend, right. and she was like. Girl, you know I slept with um, her man and everything, and he paid for everything in my apartment. Wow! And I was like, Why did you tell me that? <laughs> Whoa! But I guess and that's her best friend. That's her yeah. best friend. Well, <sighs> clearly it ain't her best friend. Uh, uh, she played, you know. But play you, a role. I, I guess that was shocking, and I was like, man. But neither one of them were really that close to me that I would. I don't get involved right. in stuff, so right. I just mind my business and I erase it. Right. But, you, but people must trust you though, because you probably. I would imagine just listen to your personality, and you got a great personality, and it's mm-hmm. natural. But people, I tell you a lot of stuff. Yeah, people <laughs> tell me things <laughs> a lot all of stuff. Well, that's, that how, that's how we were friends because we, we basically like, you know, brother, sister, and we tell each other all kinds of stuff. Yeah, she just has that, that personality. But mm. I, I don't ever want to do anything that's going to be harmful to anyone. Right, right, so right. my whole thing is if you tell me something that's positive, I'm going to blast it all day. Right, oh, right, you right. did this. If it's something that's not so great, but if it's something that's public news that's in the, you know, it's mm. already online, whatever, whatever, I'm free to discuss it. How do you draw the line? Because like I said, you know, I'm listening to your show and Wendy, I want to get into your mm-hmm. relationship to Wendy Williams as well. Um, because I think that's fascinating. I, I, but how do you draw the line between entertainment and then things like it could really be hurtful right. to people? And I think that in, in our business, uh, in our business, there's a lot of range justice where uh-huh. we can make it up. We make up the rules right then, right there. <laughs> there are no rules as well. But you, I mean, but you are in a position. You, you're in a very powerful position mm-hmm. to really because people are listening to you. And they're kind of taking the the direction. Well, certain things I think we have a responsibility to discuss. Like we can have somebody come on the show and they might say, okay, they can't talk about this court case that's ongoing, but we can't not ask about it. So I always tell people when they say, oh, he can't discuss this, this and that. I say, all right, well, listen, we can ask about it. It's all about how you answer. If it's something you can't discuss, you can't get mad somebody asks you a question. You can say that. You got to ask a question and you say, well, I can't talk about it. Because you look crazy. Like, well, why didn't you ask about that? So you have to ask certain things. Is there an example? I mean, a recent example? Um, Let me see. There's somebody, examples all the time. Like if somebody is, you know, right now going to court for some reason, I'm trying to think. This just you know, happened. Somebody, you just, it's always happening. Yeah, somebody, I forget, you just talked about, maybe this was an older show, but it was, it was somebody and they said, uh, oh, did you get paid? Oh, they, they, they just settled, but they couldn't talk about the Right, they can't disclose the amount. But, but they could can, just say, yeah. Yeah, I got my money. I got my money, yeah. Right. But they could say <laughs> right, right. the whole the whole detail. But again, I, I guess getting back to this idea that it's, we're in this entertainment business. Mm-hmm. But again, what's your level of consciousness in terms of being, you know, an African American person, uh, a human, a compassionate human being, being salacious, or not being salacious, but not hurting somebody for right. some for the entertainment of all is listening right. and kind of like jerking off and things. <laughs> right. And like you said, there's got to be some stuff. I mean, there has to have been a time where, you know, you heard some information you thought it'd be valuable to the public, but you held back on it for some reason. Here's what I think. We kind of dictate the narrative that we're telling. If I'm friends with somebody and there's a story on them in the news, 
I can twist it any way I want and report right. it any way I want. I can report it in a negative way or a positive way. And if I'm friends with you, I'm able to call you or text you and give you the opportunity beforehand. Listen, I have to report this story tomorrow. If there's anything mm. that you want me to add to this. Right. And that's how you end up getting more information. Also, I gave you the opportunity. If you don't take it, right. You know I'm going to do it. Sorry, it's my job. But I let you know that it's going to happen. And if you want me to say anything extra that we possibly don't know about, let me know. And I have no problem with that. But you know what, though? I mean, see, you you are much more serious. I mean, you have a greater sense of responsibility than a lot of people who are doing kind of what you do. But you could get in trouble for reporting. Well, if it's already out there, you can report it. But I'm saying certain things you can't just say because right. if it's not alleged, you know, then that's a potential somebody... I remember we had one instance where <laughs> we used to do this thing where you could call up the breakfast club and confess something. Mm. <laughs> and we had to stop doing it because, you know, we were talking about celebrity run-ins and one girl was like, oh, I was with this guy. It was a rapper. I'm not going to say who it was. And she but threw his she, name out there? She said his name and mm. she said that um, he had made her... Um, stick her fingers in his butt. <laughs> <laughs> he got so mad. He like called the station. Right. And, so we had to stop doing that because you can't just say, you know, the person could be lying and now we to put right. it out there. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Jesus. There you go. So you do have to be aware and conscious right. of what it is that you're putting out there. I mean, you're not always going to be 100% correct because mm. right. sometimes the sources that you have aren't always correct. So you have to own that too if something, you made a mistake or there was some wrong information. There's nothing wrong with owning that. So. Can you tell me you got you've got Biggie? Oh, on, on skull cap. Uh -huh. is, is that is that is there a personal relationship? I'm from Brooklyn. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, know. Yeah, I love Biggie. He, he's from Uptown. He doesn't understand. Oh, from Harlem. Who can you put on your? You can put Dipset. You can get a Dipset. Uh, you can put Big L. Yeah, Big L. Rest in peace. I don't put any. I was about to say something sacrilegious. I don't. You know, what, what did Nancy Wilson say? There's a. There's a. One of my favorite records. Nancy Wilson. Jan called. Never, never will I marry. She says, "Wide my world, narrow my bed." Oh. And that's kind of <laughs> that's good. That's good advice. You know, As great, I get older, that's yeah, good yeah. advice. Great Hello. advice. Got a wide world, very narrow bed. Let, let me ask you this: we, um, <laughs> we, I want to get. I want to talk about the WNBA, and I want to talk about your industry, which is very male. Dominated misogynist. Yours too. Industry. Oh, oh. Not Very only, true. Not only, good, not good only is it that, but it's also regenerative. Yeah. When you're talking about my industry, homophobia, racism. We talking about dark ages in this in in, in my industry. Uh, and and you and you're right. It's very it's very uh, misogynist too. It, mm -hmm. it really very. Is. Yeah. I was disappointed with what Gilbert Arenas had to say about the WNBA. What did, what, 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 what did he What did he say? Hold on, let me pull it up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because we're gonna we're gonna. You know you know Gilbert Arenas is known for thoughtful tweets. <laughs> yeah. thoughtful. He's a really thoughtful yeah, guy. A thoughtful guy, smart guy. <laughs> and, and pulling out guns. Okay. He in said. The room, now right. this is what America was hoping for, and this is some pictures of like the lingerie league. Let I me guess see the whatever. pictures. He said um, when they announced the WNBA back in 1996, not a bunch of chicks running around looking like cast members from Orange is a New Black. Don't get me wrong, they have a few cutie pies, but there's a whole lot of bean pies running around. Mm. And Skylar Diggins came out like this. I don't care if she missed every layup. I'm a buy season tickets and I don't even know where the F Tulsa is. Mm. And then he said, uh, and if you think this is sexist nine times out of ten, you're the ugly one and <laughs> mm. we didn't pay to come see you play anyway. Mm. Donkey Kong. Mm. Wow. Jesus Christ. Very, uh, and he was not apologetic either after yeah. people came at him after that. He didn't care. Mm. So what, I mean, so, so, what do you think about? I mean, you, you one of your marketing gigs uh, was was to market the WNBA. Yeah, I actually right? did. Um, I worked at a marketing company, and one of the clients was a WNBA, and I had to go to the New. Uh, well, it was the New York Liberty. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to New York Liberty games, and it is true. It's hard to get people to go to those WNBA games. Even I think women. people are under the impression that women, you know, the games are the scores are lower. 
Right. And they don't dunk like men dunk, you know, all the time. It's not as action-filled and all of that. But I do think that people just have to be, be more aggressive as far as parents, you know, when you take your kids out, take them to some mm-hmm. WNBA games, even schools, you know, they always give away tickets to, to different schools and organizations. Mm-hmm. That's important to do. But also just for celebrities to go out and show some support. You know, right. Spike Lee, come to the games. And, and sometimes people do go to those games. Right. You know, it's, Floyd it's, Mayweather, I think he was at a game. No, it's, in, it's interesting, too. I mean, we talk about a guy like Gilbert Arenas or men who may discriminate against the sport, but a lot of times it's women who have the same feeling about the WNBA, that it's right. less of a sport, that you know the women aren't feminine enough. They feel like it's only lesbians right. and stuff that play and yeah. you know go to the games. I mean, I think, obviously, it's younger than the NBA, so it hasn't been around. Well, and that's a great, that's, that's a great point, um, because, uh, Andrew, because if you look at the, where the NBA was, 40 years ago? Right, in the mm-hmm. 70s. Yeah, it was in the dark ages. They weren't even like now people take for granted that the NBA playoffs would be on TV. Back then, it was on tape delay. Right. It was on tape delay, right. so so it's just a slow thing. And it was known as a black league, drug problems, yeah, it was, thugs. Yeah, anything, well, that's that gets into another problem. Anything where a lot, and now what's happened to the WNBA has become just like the NBA. Predominantly black, a lot of black women. We had Candace Wiggins on the show, and we had um, Swing Cash. Swing, Swing Cash. Cash. You know, Love great her. people. But and, and, and Candace is sharp, but she was thinking, she said, I wonder if part of this is because there's so many black women now mm-hmm. in the league that the same kind of racism kind of kicks in, that anything we're involved in as a majority tends to be defined as less than. You know, even, even, even if the NFL... Where it's like seventy percent of people are black, the players are black. Mm-hmm. NBA, eighty percent of the players are black, but the level of control above it is 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 you know still most of the coaches are white, most of the I mean most everything else other than the people who who lift that bell <laughs> and tote that barge <laughs> right. are black. And I, I wonder is is, is it the same thing in in the industry in your industry? Let's say in the rap industry, my my sense is that there are more black people controlling their own fate. It didn't start out like that though. Mm. You know, it, it took a while to develop into that, I would say. Like I be, I feel like the WNBA, like I said, it also hasn't been around as long, but I also feel like companies and major corporations need to go ahead and use some of these women for their marketing campaigns. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a great phenomenal idea. Right. Yeah. You know, even on my level, like just more exposure. Bring them on your show. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we talked about that. I mean, that would be great to because you know what I'm saying. And again, we're talking about the power of our industry. Mm-hmm. We used to kind of create the reality. In other words, you have people on the show, and they say, "Oh, right. okay, they this exist. is they they exist, and this is what we need to be doing." So, right. Swin Cash is on your show during the play, and and frankly, I think people will really be surprised when they. I had I had an epiphany, you know. Epiphany Prince <laughs> from Brooklyn, by the way, but but when you go to these games, the level of competition is tremendous. And and see, most guys, see guys, most guys will you know probably call into your show. I would imagine most guys probably do not respect the WNBA. They're they're probably thinking. You know what? A lot of guys do don't even respect female rappers. Mm-hmm. Really? Right, really? Same thing. Or female, like you really? said, females in general. Right. They don't respect. That's the problem. Really. Uh, yes, absolutely. I was just listening well, to an many, interview as a matter of fact. Ra- there's like two female oh, rappers now. Well, really? there's more than I mean, two, Jamal. Two, two I, I can name. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> two I can name. How can you only name two female rappers? Right. I'm name, disappointing uh, Nicki, you. Nicki Minaj, uh, De- who, uh, Dej Loaf. 
Now, see, you should be ashamed of yourself. Who else is out there? I told you, Jamal used to be from the street. I don't know what's going on with this guy anymore. Who else? Who else is out there? Give us a nice list. Take out your pens and pick. Give us a list. I mean, Tink is out. She's a new female. That's crazy. They had the whole Sisterhood of Hip Hop show that featured all female rappers. Who else was on that show? On the show? Are you kidding me? I really never heard of it. Time out. Never really heard of it. Angela, I want you to give us a nice list. And have people take out your pens. No, seriously. Give us a nice List. And Diamond was on that show. Remember her from Have they been on Crime your show? Mob. Diamond's been on our okay, show. Okay, okay. So my, fault. my fault. Tink's been on our show as well. All right. More. Dej Loaf was on the show, but we didn't end up using the interview. Damn. Okay. <laughs> well, her okay. mic was. She was talking so low into the mic, it didn't yeah. even really pick up her voice. That's a good story. You know, of course, Nicki Minaj has been on the show. Remy Ma. Okay, Remy Ma. She's on Love and Hip Hop right now, also. But she's she's, she's nice. Right. Mm. I mean, there's a. You want me to sit here and list no, every female no, no, no. rapper? Put you on the spot. Well, I think you may have. We know there's only five. And you know what? I do. I do a lot of. And I'm very supportive of female artists as well. Like when females, I've hosted a lot of mixtapes for people. My girl L'Oreal, you know her. Yes. She raps. She's nice. to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it taking you inside the games we love this is bill roden on sports so so what so, i mean what we're talking about here i mean we're talking about the wnba but what there's something there's there's a larger problem here mm-hmm. right there's a larger problem here that has to do with with this Anti—I don't know if it's anti-woman or lack of respect, but I mean, what what is it, and what what is it, and how can you and your position, how can we take this to another level? Because it really is—we're getting ready to have Hillary Clinton, uh, and I want—I wanted you ask. You think she'll be president? Well, you know, there's an issue. There's an, <laughs> but let, let's get back to Hillary because I do want to ask you about this because a lot of people now, a lot of women are go, are really coming after her because in in the '90s. When all these women were coming out of the out of the saying that her husband abused them, mm-hmm. Hillary did what? She blocked. Right. She turned it because she was so ambitious. Sweep it under the rug. She swept like kind of like. Well, I don't want to bring up Cosby. I knew you were about to no, do this. But, but, but everybody compares right. the two. But but, but yeah. let's let's just deal with okay. that. You know. But 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 what is the what is the issue? Because you you're on a show that that deals with you got I think. Your co-hosts are guys, right? Mm -hmm. And do you feel it yourself? Like, do you do you feel that? I mean, I think that you know, I've been fortunate. Like the situations I've been in. When I started off doing radio, I was a co-host to a male. I was the only I was the only female on the whole station when I went Mm -hmm. there when the station first started. Didn't you You have it by yourself for a while? Well, uh, after that, after I started off as a co-host, and that's understandable. I never did radio before, so I'm not mad at that at all. And I did that, and then they ended up giving me my own show Mm. at night, like a weekly nighttime show first. What was the name of that? It It was was called Lip Service, and I have the podcast now. And then after, which which I wanted to be on, but now Jamal is saying he got you nervous. Be careful. No, are you kidding me? You will do your episode will be called XOXO. But then, you know, after that, I ended up getting the morning show myself. But I'll tell you this, in between that time, Hot 97 offered me a slot on their morning show, but they were like, oh, you're not even, it was, you know, I was going to be on there with two other guys, but they didn't feel like I was worthy of being equal Hmm. to them. And I felt like I had, you know, enough of a name that I could be up there with the two guys. But they were like, no, you're just going to do traffic, weather, and rumors. Hmm. And I didn't want to do that. Right. 
I felt like I had put in a lot of time. I had my own show. I felt like I had built up enough of a following mm. that I could have been up there with them. So why not give me the opportunity? And I do feel like in radio, it's rare that people look at you and say, oh, she can hold down her own show like that. Right. But I feel like I've been able to do that now. Like right. when we did The Breakfast Club, all three of us are equals on the show. I have my own podcast. It is about forming your own lane and knocking the doors down when people aren't trying to give you that opportunity or waiting for the right thing to come along. There are certain female uh, hosts that I feel like should have had their own shows or should have been main hosts when they were co-hosts right. or you know, un- underneath a male host right. that could have that opportunity and just never did it. How, how much is that as confident? I mean, again, this is my first time meeting you, mm-hmm. but you could feel a certain degree of confidence a certain degree. Number one, you're fundamentally sound. <laughs> right. You know, right, no, right, you're right. fundamentally For sound. That, that, I don't care. She's, but like, she's like Tim Duncan. No, <laughs> don't bring her down like that. To that she's, robot. she's a little fundamental. She ain't a robot. He's a robot. She's got personality. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just playing. He's a robot, please. I was trying to think of a fundamental basketball player. Well, just hire her. You could be your own person. All right, fine. You know, I'm but, not bad. Yeah, but, but no, but, but what I'm saying though is that, so when you're talking about these women who are number two, how much, how do you get the confidence to... You, at some point, you got to confront the beast. You right. know, you got to confront the beast. You could, you could be the little bit. At some point, if you want it, and and and, and you, you got to confront the beast. So how do you, how do you confront the beast? If you're a woman and this and how do you confront the beast? I think it's important to know that you always have options. Mm-hmm. I'm not here because I have to be here. Mm-hmm. I'm here because I want to be here and I enjoy it. Now, if I decide I don't want to do this, I have. If I don't even want to do radio anymore, I have uh, other options of things I can do. I have great relationships, great experience. So it's not a matter of I need this job. I have to get up and come in here every day, even though I don't like it. And even though they don't treat me well, it's a matter of when I was at Sirius and Mm. I felt like that time was coming to an end and I felt like they weren't treating me well. Mm. I knew that I could stick it out because I would get another opportunity because I knew that I was working hard. I knew people noticed it. I knew people were interested in me. So I knew it would just be a matter of time before I found a better situation. And you have to always know that you put that work in and build those relationships up that you can walk away. Mm. Right. You got to have options. And, and conf- right. confidence and, and being smart. Mm. And like you said, you could have taken that Hot 97 job and been the, you know, been Ooh, the weather job. person or something, but you got confidence <laughs> enough to know you didn't have to do and that. traffic is backed up on the BQB right now, find <laughs> an alternate route. No thanks. No thanks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you think, I mean, this, do you think you're born with confidence or do you think that confidence, self-confidence is something you kind of have to work on every single day I think that it's something you work on every single day I think part of being confident is being prepared because think about how and I was I just was recently uh, speaking with my friend Paris she works with me and I was telling her the other day part of that is being uh, great with time management I'm really Mm. great with that Mm. and I was telling her that's something that is important to always work on because you know how you're feeling rushed you're not prepared you don't feel confident when you walk into a place you feel a little flustered you're not dressed the way you want to be dressed Mm. you're late you're you know whatever that makes you feel not confident I feel like I always give myself extra time. Mm-hmm. I always make sure that I'm prepared for something so that I can walk in and I can feel a lot more relaxed. Mm-hmm. Even when I go to the airport, people hate this about me. I get there like super early <laughs> because I want to. I don't want to have to run through the airport and if something goes wrong, crazy, I miss my flight now, I have an attitude, I'm yeah. mad. I get there nice and early. I go sit down, have a drink, get something mm-hmm. to eat, and then casually walk over to my flight and get on. I feel great. And then and then there's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like, well, we, that's another story. <laughs> time management I'm like oh boy no but that is something I think that, that helps me that's so, important. so much like even when I go to work in the morning I get to work earlier than everybody mm. that way even if I'm running late it's not like oh my god I'm gonna miss you know the show I'm still gonna be early 
I'm just not as early. No, it's all, listen, that, every year I've got the same New Year's resolution. <laughs> to really, but you know, sometimes I remember Malcolm, Malcolm said in his book, um, in his autobiography, he said, I drive according to the time, according to my, no, I drive according to my watch, not the speedometer, based on what I need to <laughs> get somewhere. Get and the same thing, like, I would try to fit this is what I want to happen. And you say, okay, what time? Well, I'm going to do this at 9, <laughs> this is 9.15, then this is 9.30. Somebody said, that's absolutely impossible. Right. But your, your schedule is based on what I want to happen. So you cram all this stuff right. in this little bit like, like life. But like you're saying, it, it always works better if you can sit down and put, but you're a Capricorn. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what you guys are are known for is you know we're very reliable and practical yeah well I'm reliable practical might be <laughs> but, let, but let, let, let me just say a couple things but Pat is Pat is giving us the okay. high sign are you guys going to All Star or what are we doing for oh yeah tell me what's the warning yeah, what for all, for oh all yeah so we were yeah. talking about Clee Anthony early before <laughs> right. and we were talking about um, Derek Williams right. from the New York Knicks and we were talking about just all these um, professional athletes that are targets right you know, and I think even Carmelo just said it recently that we are, you, you know, they right. are these guys are targets. They look at you, you have money, you're in the club, you got jewelry on, and they're waiting for you to be caught slipping. Right. Just be careful, man. There's girls out there that are setting you up. I remember Charlemagne, his uh, friend, we were in Vegas, and he had his friend with him, and I told him, I said, listen, when we got there, because I know he's not the brightest. I said, <laughs> I said, if a female comes up to you at the bar and just starts talking to you, she's going to try to charge you later. Don't think she likes you. She definitely doesn't like you. Right. And what do you think happened? The next day, he's charged. like, yo, you won't believe what happened. Mm. This girl came up to me at the bar, started to talk to me. I took her back to, like, they went, they had drinks. Mm. He brought her back to the room, and then she's like, okay, so this is going to cost mm. X amount of dollars. Mm. Right. You know, just be careful because I feel like um, you are a target. Just if you don't have to go out by yourself or with only a, a one other friend or, like, Clee Anthony, he was out with his girlfriend. That's crazy. You have to be more careful than that. People are definitely watching you, looking for you to slip up, looking for a come up. There's people out in these streets. They're hungry. They're... You know, stick up kids. You Hungry. really do. Mm, so, what do you do? I mean, and I guess that's the. I, I always think, of how do these guys? Probably, how do these guys find love? I mean, you know, because <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, right? I mean, how do you know that? You know that you have to assume that people know how much I'm making. They mm -hmm. know. I mean, do they like me? If you're not lucky enough money? to be like LeBron, that's been with Savannah since they were young, or right. you know what I mean, it is difficult. I think it's important to find a woman who is doing something with her life as well. Yeah, that's key. You know, is she ambitious? Is she doing anything? Or is she just sitting at home, living with her mom, waiting to come <laughs> Wait for you out? To come. Yeah, waiting right. for you to come and scoop her up. Does she need money to pay her bills and all of that? Just beware of those things. You know, you're smart enough to, to figure that out yourself. And it's not all about, oh, she looks great. She's. I mean, maybe it is for some people. Well, you know, I mean, it's just about what you want because maybe he just wants a trophy wife that's going to be at yeah. home and that's her main focus. And it's all things, about what you want. And those things, you know, they have, you know, they might last only five years. You know, you got to just take, like take it for what like it is. It's like a contract. Right. We sound like, like a three year contract. But maybe a professional athlete wants somebody who can cater more to him and his schedule and travel and be on the road and take care right. of the house. It's all about what you decide that you want in your life I'm not going to say that anything is wrong anything is right you should date this type of person but if you say you don't want to be used for your money and you don't want to be used for this and that then be, be poor then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be broke if that's what you want listen I just want to say one last thing yeah. I know um, there was a story about this one guy and I got the email too he was sending out a press <laughs> release saying that he was a, a basketball player and sending it to all these like video vixens and internet um, press release yes yeah. it was from his quote unquote publicist he wasn't even a basketball player but he was saying hey my client wants to 
go out with you. He plays overseas. And, you know, he thinks you're attractive. We'd love to take you out, fly you out. And there was a couple of girls who really fell for it. No research or nothing. Mm-hmm. Just believed that this guy was some ball player. Mm-hmm. Got a press release, you know, <laughs> sent to them. And actually went out with this guy. That's good. That's, the moral is we can play that game too. Hey, why don't we do this? Yeah. <laughs> hey, my guest is. Listen, man, you got to come back. Please, oh, absolutely. Please. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. I'm here. I'm here every day. So. Oh man, my my, my guest has been uh, our guest has been uh, Angela Yee. She's the uh, the host of the Breakfast Club Power 105.1. Uh, one more, th- uh, Pat. I just I just got to ask this question. Uh-oh. <laughs> Listen, they make me. They made us wait. We're gonna make it wait. That's fine. Next question. Uh, no, just two things though. I, I, Sorry, Pat. No, that's right. a, listen, man. You know, this is reparations. Yeah. Reparations. Yeah. reparations. Yeah. Reparations. He's always 40 acres in a mule. 40 acres in a mule. We're take and one more question. Right. He, does always, he does always make you wait. Always makes us wait. But, there you go. But, and, and put, put that on the record. And not for anything as substantive. We're talking about, we're talking about revolution. You know? <laughs> Shit. Which will. <laughs> anyway, um, there's two things. Uh, I asked you about Wendy Williams. I'm only asking this question mm-hmm. in, in, in relationship to the business of miscegenation and all that and, and role models and, right. and all that. I absolutely love Wendy Williams. I grew up listening to her. I first met her because I interviewed her as Sirius and it was such a big deal to me. I interviewed her a couple of times and it was, you know, Charlemagne used to work with Wendy yeah, Williams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't, yeah. She doesn't mess with him at all anymore. Right. So what their relation, I don't even know. I guess it was probably work stuff. One day and, he was there, then the next day he was Yeah, wasn't. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, he still has his loyalty to Wendy but she just does not mess with him well, maybe she felt like I, I have no idea right, right, right. but um, I remember that I had got a job offer to do mornings in Philly mm-hmm. and this was after the Hot 97 and I was considering it and I saw Wendy at a party it was a TI party and he had just did a deal I think with Axe or something I can't remember what it was but anyway I saw her there and she comes over to me and I, to me Wendy Williams doesn't even know who I am really mm-hmm. And she was like, hey, Angela, how you doing? And she was like, come here, let me talk to you. She was like, listen, I know you got a job offer in Philly. I don't know. Nobody knew about it. (laughs) She was like, don't take that offer. You wait until New York comes to you. Wow. And I was like, wow, Wendy Williams said that to me. And, you know, because she worked in Philly. When she had um, had to wait for to be able to get back on the radio in New York, mm-hmm. she had to go to Philly right. uh, before she could come back to New York. So she was like, I'm telling you right now, wait for that New York offer. And I was like, OK. And I really took that into consideration. And it came like two days later. Right. And then, yeah, a few <laughs> days later, New York, I don't know if she knew about it ahead of time before I did. But, you know, I always did appreciate that advice. I don't know what's up with her. I, listen, I would love to do some stuff with Wendy Williams in life. And I love the way that her career has transitioned. Mm. And, and the second thing, last thing, there's more, but you got to come back because this is really fascinating. Uh, the second thing is you, you do a podcast, mm-hmm. right? What, and what the name is? Lip Service. Lip Service. What's the, what do you find to be the difference between doing your radio and then doing podcasts, which is different? different well, I think my morning show is me and me and Charlemagne. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we can't say certain things. We can't get loose. This whole podcast that I have, Lip Service, it's all female hosts. And we talk about you know relationships we talk about sex all of those things that we don't really talk about so much on. that's the focus of it mm-hmm. and it's fun it's just like a nighttime sit down with your girls it's very focused on just that with the medium I mean what? how do you find the medium is different the medium of the podcast versus the medium of it's live, uncensored live it's, it's more um, it's a talk show you know so basically in the mornings it's about music it's about commercials it's about current events it's about keeping people informed it's about great interviews for that it's very specific on you know our audiences guys love to hear it because they learn a lot about women hmm. and they learn a lot about sex hmm. artists love to come on the show hmm. because it's a fun show it's not like serious questions we're not gonna grill you about anything it's more 
you talking about things you don't really get to talk about. We just had Marlon Wayans on yeah, for yeah. Fifty Shades of Black, and his uh, rep came up to me and she was like, he had so much fun on your mm. show. You know, he did a lot of other interviews. This one was completely different, and it's about finding that niche of something that is different but still interesting that people care about. Well, listen to that. Um, maybe I'll be on. Maybe I'll listen. I'll, I'll be careful. Be I'm telling you. No, hey, listen, <laughs> I, I can, when you get to a certain point, you love to be on the show. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, Fifty Cent was on too, though. Right. He was hilarious. We right. had a lot of people coming up. That's going to be really good. So I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. My um, guest has been the wonderful Angela Lee. Uh, thank you. So this is really, really, really. Thank been so you. It's much been an fun. honor for me. Great. They were excited yeah. when I told them I was coming to see you today. So oh, at work, this, they were like, "Why do you go?" And yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this has been this great. So listen. This one affirmative uh, action works for the woman. There you yeah. go. But well, we need this. <laughs> this is a, but sure, have have Swint on your show. I will. And have I totally uh, support the WNBA. Yeah, support the WNBA because uh, you create the reality. Right. You create the reality, and so do we. And here <laughs> and Bill Rogan Sports. We should all go to a WNBA, a New York uh, Liberty game. I'm yeah. down. I've been. Okay. I set it up. Yeah, set yeah. it up. Yeah, and absolutely. They'll be lo- they'll be glad to have. In fact, we should really talk about this. Yeah, let's go. One. Okay. Anyway. All right. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't own the studio yet. Right. <laughs> hey, listen. Thank you very much, Jamal. Thanks for yet another wonderful show. Thank you. And, Been great. Uh, everybody, we'll see you on yet another version of Bill Roden on Sports. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Angela. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.